Welcome to Solutions, where men come out of shadows to testify, giving tips in manhood, honor the codes of integrity, and give out real solutions for soul survival. Today, we have on the show a true voyager, a man finding himself through the arts of communication, a man with vision. He is unafraid to listen to the God in him. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the free thinker, MC father, and the man of evolution who teaches others to renew their mind. His friends call him Illa, and people call him Illosophical. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Eric Hutchins. <sighs> How you doing? Peace. Thanks for having me, Sheen. I appreciate it. Hey, man, Peace listen. to all the subscribers. Word. It's a long time coming, man. We've been trying to put this together, but I'm super excited. Are you ready to drop these gems and answer these questions today? Most definitely, brother. Most definitely. All right. Let's get it. What person did you meet or see that gave you the drive towards the man you are today? Who or what inspired you? Um, just life. Um, really, my hometown, Newark, New Jersey, just seeing, you know, growing up in the metropolitan area outside of New York, there's so many different walks of life. There's so many different perspectives. There's so many different stories, so many different struggles. So many people who have the answer or think they have the answer. It just... It's just so many things to make you focus that make you realize that life is definitely more than what's apparent. That there's always an underlying current. There's always a, a higher level of understanding things because if you don't realize it, you'll take everything personal. And the more higher understanding you get out of life, you'll realize that what's happening to you is happening to everyone. And it, it takes you a higher awareness and makes you a little more humble and it makes you more curious. And you, you seek out things that level the, the the mental playing field as per se because a lot of people feel like you know what well, was me and a lot of things we do go through but it's it's happening to all of us you know what i mean i agree with you a thousand percent tell me how one seeks this awareness without putting themselves in any danger but trying to get a better understanding we know we have life experiences but if one wanted to seek the environmental education that you speak of to see what the comparisons are around the world you could do it on social media but what are other ways you can do? You have to be a listener. You have to you have to mm. know how to be quiet and not always be quick to respond. Listen to people. Don't 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 tie yourself down to any any ideology because someone that you you love so much is a part of it. Be objective yet humble. Find that delicate balance of objectivity and and respect because you know a lot of times what people will do is they'll try to limit you. And I say this a lot because it's, it's true. A lot of people will try to limit you to your to their understanding. You know, as a as a as a black man, you're the newest version of the oldest human technology. So that's a lot of data you have already inside of you. So don't let anybody limit how far that can go. As long as you're respectful, as long as you're humble, and as long as your heart is right. Don't limit yourself to learning anything. You are the newest. That's, that's one of the greatest. That's one of the okay, advice. Listen, I, that's, that's something I would give to. That is a gem, ladies and gentlemen. You are the newest version of the latest piece of old technology. You heard that gem here first. That's Ella. Da -da 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 -da. <laughs> I will add to by saying wherever you're from is where you're from, but it's not your home. You don't know where your home is going to be, where you're going to lay down and make the newest version of the next model coming out. So don't limit yourself to your creativity or your vision. And if you don't have vision, there's people around you who do. Attach yourself to someone who can get you to the place you need to be so you can harvest the way you need to. Because where you're from is not necessarily going to be your home. I hope that Can I add on to what you just absolutely. said? Absolutely. I, I want to say um, 
what people have to realize, and I've also said this before, but you're not just a citizen of your neighborhood. You're not just a citizen of your family. You're a global citizen. And beyond that, you're a citizen of the universe. As soon as you step outside your house, you're not just in America or France or you're in the universe. There is no doors on any of this stuff. So your 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 awareness should be, for lack of a better expression, you should be prepared to talk to an alien. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like you should just <laughs> you should just have your mind so vast and not limited to where you live because you are literally a part of a a galactic collective. So your mind should just be extremely open to learning things. Anything that can enhance your life, embrace it and learn it. So we have our antennas up now. We're, we're receiving all communication from the masses. Help me understand. Do you have a vision board? No, I don't. But I do advise people to have them. I don't have a vision board, but there are definitely, there are definitely things you should do. I, I've, um, I understand the power of it, but um, you definitely should have a vision board. If not, in your, if not physically, definitely have a vision of what you want in your mind. But I definitely advise people doing that because the power of, of imagery, the power of being able to see a certain image every day definitely does some subconscious programming to you. So I, I definitely advocate for it. I definitely believe that you do have a vision board. I think you probably don't call it one because what you speak of stepping out into the universe and having all doors open, that's a vision right there. So I just want I everybody agree. just to pay attention to that. As you, know, you go as far as your mind goes and you can push your mind and your body to different places you can never imagine. Now I hear you speak of going out and being a person of vision, going out being a person of abundance. What type of affirmations are you telling yourself every day? Um, telling myself it's all right. Um, telling myself to, you know, be in the moment. Uh, uh, not to look too far behind, not to look too far ahead, just be extremely present. Tell myself that I am, I am a success, that um, I am loved. You know, just basic, basic affirmation, just to remind yourself of who you are. You know what I mean? Just, just real basic elements. I definitely, definitely try to stay in the moment. Realize that you, you, you create your own happiness. It's not outside of you. Things that you can't control. Why worry about it? why stress about it. It's more than affirmations. It's a constant conversation when it comes to me. Cause I feel like everybody has to go about it in a different way. And I'm a, I'm really big on organic thought. And um, I really like to just speak to myself. No one knows me the way I know me. And you could see another affirmation that someone says, but you really know what's going on with you better than anybody if you're honest with yourself. And I try to speak to those insecurities in myself. Speak to those second guests. I don't always succeed. Uh, you know, sometimes I second guess myself just like everybody else, but I try to keep a constant conversation with my inner self. I think the biggest thing that you said, I don't think your affirmations are basic if you allow me to add to that because we all need to know that we're okay. And in the smallest, smallest places in our hearts, we deal with that adversity every day, whether we subscribe to it or unsubscribe to it, subconsciously and right in front of you. It's all sub, and then it becomes a surface thing when you strike a nerve of intuition or attitude or anger inside of you. How did you find out that you were this bright, intelligent, philosophical person? But did you, because 
I don't know exactly of your upbringing, but for me, and I want to be anecdotal here, I didn't know that I was bright. I didn't know that I had a different foresight of vision to speak the way that I do. And now that I hear you speak, I know there was a point where you said, wait a minute, I understand these words a little bit better. Wait a minute, I see this vision breaking down a little bit better than the counterparts around me. When did you realize that you, you, your gift of anomaly was important and that in, it was in, in you? To be honest, and I'm not really trying to be funny, but ever since I was a child, no, you know, since, speak I, on since it. I was a little boy, you know what I mean? Not to get, not to get spooky, tell too much of my business, but my mother and father, um, before I was, you know, they was, they from, my mother's from Harlem, my father's from Newark, you know, they met at a house party, you know, they both was, you know, dibbling, dabbling, and they had drug, drugs in their past, and um, they found religion, they found, they found Christianity, and it, and it stirred their faith, and, um, you know, after going through, you know, different things back and forth, they got married, they had me, and they raised me in the church, but before I was born, the doctor told, um, at the time, based on my mother's drug, if you were to see my mother, she don't have no tracks in her arm, she's a, she's a miracle, she beat two strokes, she, 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 she's a walking miracle. You know what I mean? You wouldn't know nothing is wrong with it if you see nothing. You know what I mean? I never seen her take drugs. She was done with that before I was even born. But right. this is this is what happened. This is what preceded my my birth. I say about ten years or so. The doctor told my mother that her womb was corrupted, and they told her she couldn't have children. So she started at the church she was attending. The minister told her that you know I don't know what the devil told you, but somebody in this crowd that God told me you was going to have a child and. Don't believe what the doctor told you. And my mother, she she clung to that message and she got pregnant. So at the time I was born in the place where I was, it was a big deal because my mother, they were they was new. I don't know if people know about the church, but when you're in when you're in the church, it's something about it's the energy that's with new members. Like when people, when <laughs> new members come to the church and they're young, yeah. they kind of get a lot of, they bring a little pizzazz to the church. Sometimes they could be, you know popular or, or or drawn to because they have a different energy especially a church that with a lot of older people whatever so at the time my mother was a part of her my father was a part of a group of people that was just it was just a new young group of people people in their late 20s early 30s coming to this church so they was like the remnant of that so when i was born it was just a big deal it was like oh the new young energetic couple doctor told me they couldn't have kids and they had this this child so they was calling me the miracle baby right. so at a young age i had this expectation to be something but on the flip side, you know, my mother, my father divorced, you know, the place I was at church, the place I was at, it was a lot of, it showed me the darker side of what religion, not just religion, but just organized group think. I seen the dark side of it. So mm -hmm. on one hand, I had these expectations on me, but it wasn't cultivated by anybody. So my, I had to find, I had to literally find who I was on my own. And through the grace of God, it was a book I read I don't want to, I, I won't, I don't want to name, but it was a book I read at the church that led me to just looking at things totally different. So the way the, the universe works is the place that kind of brought me a lot of confusion actually brought me to where I'm at today. So there was always an expectation on me. There was always people that just, they always just felt like, oh, you're going to be all right. You're going to be all right. You, you, you're going to be, but I wasn't all right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I had to go through things. I had to go through trials and tribulations to really rediscover that you are who you always thought you was and you never needed anyone's approval. You never needed anybody. I mean, you want to be humble, 
but you you sometimes growing up in the inner city, you feel like you need this one's approval. You need your moms, you need your uncles, you need your, and sometimes you just gotta take certain journeys alone. So it took a long time for me to get here. It kind of happened happenstancely, but I've always had this expectation on me since I was a baby, but I never had an actual process to bring it out. So I had mm -hmm. to really just learn by trial and error to really know who I am and understand everybody has a story, whether it be through numerology, whether it be through astrology, whether it be through religion, the whole story of life is you. And that's what people don't realize. You got to unlock the mythology of who you, who you are. There's certain, there's certain synchronicities that in your life you're not paying attention to. Everything that's down here is to give you a, another, a, a, anything that's giving you an insight on who you are and who people are around you, you should never discount that. I don't care what it's called. I don't care who wrote it. Take that in because it's, it's a story in you. It's like Back in the day when you'll see movies like, like when we was little, it was a movie called The Never End of Story, <laughs> where the little boy is reading a story about who he, about this, 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 this kingdom that's fallen. And then when he got to the end of the story, he realized the main character was him. I'm a co-star in your movie right now. You're a co-star in my movie right now. So we so busy trying to unlock the unseen that we don't realize the mythology of who we are. When you unlock that, you, you tap into a whole nother level. Absolutely. I'm super familiar with that movie you're speaking about with Falco and Atreyu and the rest of those folk in that movie. We love books here. So if you want to share that book, that is an absolute thing I would love to hear about. I was gonna, I'm going to ask you about some books in just a few. But my follow-up question to what I asked you before, and don't forget, if you want to drop that book, let us know. When you come to this conclusion of you know who you are as a child, the validation is finally validation within but then there's also a form of communication. There's also a thing where you don't want to just know about yourself. You want to exercise some of your strengths and have communication and dialogue with people. How did you find your tribe of people to speak to? How did you find your people? Um, I'm just constantly finding them. You know, I think um, everybody's my people. You know, I think all people can do is exclude themselves from your tribe. Not, not saying that everybody's a tribe, but just as an approach to things, just as an approach to life. I think, you, I just feel like everybody's my tribe. All they can do is let me know that they don't want to be a part of it. So I just feel like that's just my approach to life. So I don't, I don't, because people will disappoint you that way. Like as soon as you, as soon as you label and box something like this, is my group, this is my people, your expectations of them raised. And next thing you know, they might do something one day because everybody's their own universe and everybody's their own energy. They might just do something one day that totally had you look at them crazy but that's life right. so i don't try to just say these are the guys or that's the guys it's it's a revolving door it's a revolving situation you know what i'm saying i have everybody in my tribe like i said until they until they exit their way out everybody has an ability to join it or not but i try not to put too much expectations on people because they they are their own universe they are their own story and they're not here to do what you want them to do. And sometimes we, when we say you are my child, you are my crew, we think, okay, he'll never do this. He might. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> he just might. It's just how it is. So I just try not to, like, I look at things very free-flowing. They're not here to do what you want them to do is an absolute great quote, ladies and gentlemen. Just be mindful of that. You know, they might. She will. He will. It's an absolute definition of both sides. So there is two sides to every coin. Now let me ask you this question. What is renowned about you? 
Oh, I don't know, man. It depends on who you ask. Cause to be honest, no, no, no I'm not asking no one else. I'm asking you right now in your current state of your illa style where you are. What is renowned about you? I could rap. You know what I mean? That's you know a lot of my people know that I'm good at rapping. Um, I'm a big history buff. You know what I'm saying? I like the people like I, I like to dress. I like clothes. I'm into clothes, and I'm and I'm really, really, really into hip hop culture. So those four things is really, I would say, I'm renowned for. It's just my 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 yearning for history and like different type of trains of thought, my ability to convey it, and my love for hip hop and, and youth. How early did you start being motivated to renown yourself? Like, where did it start for the history? Really, just listening to hip hop. You know, what I mean, listening to certain artists names, certain people, certain words I never heard before and making me go look it up. And uh, it just it just opened my awareness to now it's like, okay, when I hear other people say those words, now I know what they're talking about. Now it just, just hip hop. Hip hop is what led me to all of this. You know what I'm saying? Of course, running into books, but it was really the, the, the hip hop culture that really opened my mind to a different way of looking at things. You know what I'm saying? So it was really hip hop. It was the underground conscious community in the New York, New Jersey area, certain underground DVDs, certain certain lecturers, mm -hmm. certain people like Bobby Hemmett, people like Reverend Phil Valentine, people like Sheikh Anthony Diop, Dr. Delbert Blair, um, Dr. Sabi, Dr. Layla Africa, um, Brother Blue Pill, Brother Red Pill, A.A. Rashid, um, I see the Duke of Tears, um, Malcolm X, Martin Luther King, Noble Drew Ali, Marcus Garvey, um, Amos Wilson, uh, uh, Steve Coakley, um, Asa Hilliard, um, John Henry Clark. You know, I could just go on and on and on and on. And I on. think every child where we come from should know all of those names and know why and who they are and why they're in that. Definitely. Absolutely. Definitely. Absolutely. So when I was introduced to these people, I felt like I was introduced to like, superheroes you know what i'm saying they are they, they hey, definitely are listen the stories came from somewhere definitely Somebody just think i love those superheroes guys. up yeah i love those guys too so here we are you're stepping out into the universe you're transforming your energy you're unlocking all the doors in your mind and walking through them physically you come from a hardship you took the time to actually understand your parents story which a lot of people don't understand that your parents were someone they were people before they met you you did all of these things. You read these books. You had this history. You fall in love with the people who came in yesterday and built something. You built upon it. Through all of that, being a father, an MC, a dedicated man to evolution, what did you sacrifice? Um, myself <laughs> to a degree. You know, a lot of uh, you know, I got married young. You know, I was really. I would, I, would, I would be somebody that would, whoever I was with or people I was with, I would a lot of times put them before myself. Not even thinking about it, it just was like a reaction. You know what I'm saying? It's like I would, I, I put my endeavors and, and my talents to the back burner for other people off the time. So I really sacrificed. But at the same time, by doing that, I learned a lot. I learned the nuances of people. You know what I'm saying? I learned the nuances of life. So on one hand, I sacrificed certain endeavors I wanted to do, certain years for doing it, but I learned a lot. I, um, 
I made an impact on a lot of young people because I worked in education for a long time. So I really just sacrificed really my endeavors and my 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 pursuits for f- to really just learn a lot. You know, I would take. I mean, when I was younger, I started learning stuff around like eighteen, nineteen. I would I would be in the house. I would watch a lecture for six hours. Like I I, I was that dedicated to. I just knew it was more than what was in front of me. I just knew this wasn't it. I just knew what was around. I'm like, this can't, this, this can't be it. Like I keep hearing that, you know, we come from kings and queens and and who though, what, when, where, who did it, who said it, how? You know, I I needed more than just colloquialism. I needed more than just keep your head up. Like I, I need, I needed, <laughs> I need to feel and know what this is. It's not. It's, it was bigger than just you know uh, arrogant claim to fame. Where a lot of our people, we lean, we lean on the past and lean on the greats of the past, but we don't want to do what they did. We don't want to learn what they learned. We don't want to understand what they understand. We just want to use that to get out of jail free card. But you want to live like honor, like you want to live like other people. And it's like I didn't want to be a part of that. So I really just sacrificed time myself to really get to where I'm at. And it wasn't a conscious thing. It's just the type of person I was. I just I love hard. And that's great. Now, I want to talk about your lowest moment, because you said you sacrificed yourself, because I think that's amazing that you understand that time and sacrifice is a thing. I want to talk about your lowest moment. Now, I just don't want to know about any moment. We want to know about the time where you pulled yourself up out of the darkness. And this is for the people who may be listening that might be going through the same thing you're about to say to help them accumulate the strength to get up. What was your lowest moment, and how did you get up? Wow, um, I had a few low moments, but in my lowest moment, I would think as a young child, my father said something to me that was like really, really like devastating. You know what I'm saying? It's like the man that I put on the pedals, even though he wasn't in my life, even though he left me at a young age, that's my father. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? I look at how everybody else viewed him. He was everywhere we go, he couldn't get nowhere because somebody recognized him. So he was, regardless of his flaws, he was the epitome of manhood in my life. So him viewing me as a man, him viewing me with some type of respect meant everything to me. And to make a long story short, he didn't like something I did. And he just let me have it. And he basically, and he was, he was, you know, he he, he, he apologized later, but it really, really, to this day, it really, really knocked me down. So it's like, okay, the man that I think is the man don't view me as nothing. So mm. I really was like, I didn't feel like anything after that. It's like, if my father don't see the, the young man in me, who will? You know what I mean? So that was my lowest point. It came very young. I was had to be like 12, 13. So that was really my lowest point. And at that point, I felt like whoever I was, he deleted it. And then from that point, I felt like I had to just re- redefine who I am right. because it was deleted at that moment. So that was really my lowest point. I think that's amazing. That's why I paused for a second, because I'm a father now. I've been a father for five years now. And my son holds on to every word that I say. And I realized that early on that I can't really get as aggressive with him as I learned growing up, because he holds on to my words so tightly. And what you said is confirmation for me. And I want to thank you for even sharing that for everyone out there who's listening, because that is a true thing. Us fathers have to understand when to just have basic communication because we, the kids, do not know what we know. And they don't have the same fears and tripes and tropes 
that we have taken with us over the years and carried the same crosses, they don't know that yet. And it's a point of access they get as they get older that we have to belay that access in order to get them to the right place first. They got to get to the right doors before we can open that knowledge. So thank you for sharing that. Appreciate that. All right, we're going to no shake problem. some of that uh, deepness off. We're going to come back up to the surface and have some more fun. Now, I like to, yeah. ask, I like to ask this question to people because it's something that we all practice. What have you procrastinated on and why? Um, <laughs> shoulders went straight down. <laughs> my, my music, um, really putting out my music, really like really focusing on it and really putting out a project. I definitely procrastinate about that. Um, second guessing myself, thinking I'm too old, uh, thinking people wouldn't understand, thinking I need to sound like this or, you know, just procrastinate on my music, man. I think I procrastinate on that a lot. Man, some of the greatest rappers come from Jersey, man. So I think yeah, you have- Yeah, definitely. I'm definitely one of the greatest ones that ever come from there. <laughs> one of the greatest ones people never heard of. I put that on everything. You can't be that guy that records a thousand songs and say, nah, the next one's gonna be better. I, I see that energy coming off my screen right now. <laughs> Go ahead and put one out, man. And you know what I learned from another friend of mine who raps? His name is Gerard. It's not about anything else but what your expression was supposed to be to get that energy out. It don't matter if they like it. It don't matter if it hits a million. It doesn't matter. You are doing the universe a disservice when you do not let go of the gift that is inside of you. Because the Thanks. gift does keep on giving to the universe. Not saying you're going to receive it, because the gift is supposed to be given away to everyone else to receive. So I absolutely Thanks. believe there are some people, no matter what you do, you can't shake that gift. You'll just be a person who made choices, and your way of life has you here, but the gift is still there, and you can use it anytime you want. How you use it, will you make the world a better place or burn it down? It's up to you how you let go of your sounds. Definitely, bro. Definitely. Well said. How important is it to leave where you're from to develop yourself to where you're going? Uh, it's very important because sometimes, especially like where I'm from, you learn a lot, but it's hard to apply it there. Mm. You know what I mean? You need to, you need, I feel like if you're from the South, you need to, you need to go visit the North. You're from the north, you need to visit the south. You need that diverse experience. You need to be able to adjust to different dialects. You need to be able to adjust to different interests, different ways of communicating. Because sometimes around your way, you might call everybody the N-word. You need to go somewhere where people are appalled by that. You need to be able to adjust to that in real time. Mm -hmm. You need to be able to adjust to people having a whole different way of looking at things and not get so stuck in where you at. So you you need you need all these diverse conversations, diverse experiences. You need to deal with different races of people. You need to try different foods. You just have a, a diverse mental social palette, and you can't do that. Now you it's a it's there's certain cities that give you that ability because it's such a like New York or L.A. They have Chicago, Houston. Certain cities have a certain advantage where you can stay there and still get a, a global uh, experience. Yes, but you still need to. Especially if you're not there, if you're like if you're in a real rural area, you need to get out of there. You need to visit something else. You need to be able to adjust to a different. If you're in a fast, fast pace, you need to see adjust to a slower one, and vice versa. Even if you don't stay there, you just need to. You need to realize that you don't know everything. You can only know that by traveling and being around different people. Can I add on to that, sir? I want to say you are absolutely right, but I also want people to know that you are an antenna. 
and your frequency, the things you put out, no matter where you go, you will attract the same type of person if you let it happen. It doesn't matter what race, color, or creed they come from. If you're a person who attracts negative situations, the way you think, the way you move, the way you breathe will lead you straight back to that bullseye. So that means you got to change the way you're breathing a little bit, change the way you're talking a little bit, change the way you move because now you can get different results. And then you can choose because sometimes our antenna doesn't give us a choice until we absolutely tune ourselves out. If you're a person, I'm not going to try that, I'm not going to go there, I'm not going to do that, then your antenna is only working one way. And you're going to get the same results you got last time. I don't care if you went to New Zealand. You're going to find the same type of people because you don't really render yourself enough to show a better production. Definitely. What I got a deep question for you. It's a two-part question. You don't have to answer, but drop a gem if you like. What was abusive to you that you thought was love? That's a tough one. Um, wow, that's a heavy question. That's a heavy question. Um, I think anything could be that because too much of anything is abuse. Even love, you know what I mean? Some people love, I, I realize that just because when people come in the name of love, often sometimes they can be abusive i think when people say love and they say i love you they think that justifies what they do after that you know what i'm saying it's like some people love you for the wrong reasons I, i've been in situations where with, with even with some young ladies where they do things for you to react so it's like they love you for the wrong reasons or they'll show they love in a, in a superficial way. So it's like, if I don't show it back that way, then I don't love you. It's like, you only loving me so I can love you back. It's not like you just love me. You, you're pushing me towards a direction so I can go in a stronger direction. It's not like a genuine, uh, it's hard to put into words, but it's like some people, they just, you know, they just do, like I had a girlfriend that was very, she would do stuff for me and hoping I would do more. You know what I mean? It's like, that's not really like, if you do something, somebody you do out the kindness of your heart and you just keep it pushing, you don't do it to, to generate a, a, a reaction in them. You know what I mean? People have different love languages, but um, uh, it's, a, it's a lot of things. Um, wow, that's a, that's a heavy, heavy question. I will say this, though, as a young man, I knew it wasn't love, but I thought it was a part of what I needed to experience. And I would say being exposed to sex too young. I would say that that's something that if I can go back, I would have even myself would have held on to my chastity a little longer. I think I think that's a that's something that we think that we really need real early, and it's not like you think. You know what I'm saying? Because sex is not something you really got to learn. It's something you really feel, and it's intuitive. You don't have to learn it by practice. You're gonna know what to do when you're there. It's something that's divinely put inside of you. So this sow your royal oaks. I think that's kind of a misnomer that uh, I think we exposed that a little too early. And I think that can be abusive to yourself. You know what I mean? I don't think, I don't know if I expected love from it, but I know that you can fall in love with the act 
and that can really be abusive to you too early. So I, I definitely could say that. I think I think we we can be a little too over sexualized, a little too fast, too young as men. How long did it take for you to accept that might have been a situation for you? Um, when I seen how for time what I was expecting, it's like it's like we we young and when I was 16, 17, it's like growing up in inner city, it's like you're you're penalized for being an actual child, especially where I grew up at. It was everything was going so fast. So it's like the more you the, the more you act at your age, <laughs> the more out the more you stood out. Because that's everybody right. you actually act twelve, but yeah. everybody that's twelve is already acting like they're 17, 16. So you feel like you outside looking in when you're really doing exactly what you're supposed to do. So as I got into high school, like my sophomore or junior year, porn, I realized how porn is very prevalent. Mm-hmm. I remember sometimes I went in barber. I'm this is a real story, true story. I was in a I used to go in barber shops and they'll be watching a porn though. While they while while they're cutting Cut. people's hair, yeah. and it's a group of men just watching that, and I was like, growing up as I got old, I'm like that 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 wasn't right, man. Like yeah. that's not. It takes away the sanctity of it. And I look at our generation. I think a lot of people don't really talk about this, but I think that late '90s, early 2000s, that was a big big pornographic boom, um, and everybody had a tape, and it changed. It changed our appetite. Or it changed our sexual appetite and sexual expectations from each other. Now, every girl, if you if you notice from that time, everybody had to have a a, a voluptuous body after that. That was that's a porn based appetite. When I was younger, when I was 15, in my teens, it wasn't even about that. She just was pretty. It wasn't about how big her butt was and none of that. She was cute, and that was that. Yeah. Once porn came out. Everybody had to, it put it put a lot of pressure on young women. That's why a lot of women get in the BB. Everybody wanted a porn type of situation. You were expecting too much sexuality from her. She got to be super freaky suit. It just changed our whole appetite. And I think we're still dealing with that today. We are definitely then. That is the next, that was the next drug we were sold. And right now we, we haven't recovered from it yet because I'm telling you 10 years from now, all these BBLs, we're going to start seeing some rehabs going on just from like the physical output. And I agree with you 1000%. I remember just trying to sneak around and get the VHS tapes out. Why was I so hungry for that? If it's, I'm like, man, I gotta check this out. What's going on here? Absolutely, we did grow up kind of fast and, and it does affect in the long run what mind you think with. What are you cultivating inside of yourself? And I thank you for sharing that. And I wanna go back in what you said before about love and, and, and relationships and people is under my perspective that love and like are mental contracts under conditions of the person that gives it to you, whether you know they gave it to you or not. They expect you to walk in a certain way and to not break all of their expectations and their applications to say, I love you. Like you said earlier, people cannot be controlled. They're gonna do what they're gonna do, but that's not in the world we live in psychologically. Psychologically, bro, I love you, bro. Cause you never did this. You never violated me on this. So this is a mental contract. Shorty, I love you cause I know you ride for me because you do this in the morning and do this at night. This is what I need. This is the mental contract that I need, the love and like. We have to get past that contract and not give our love to everyone. We can give our like to many people, 
because you can like things and then it can grow into love where it's really unconditional. So thank you for sharing that. I hope you are listening and got that gem. Illa is killing it out here today, dropping us with the big words. If you understand any of these ideologies or these words he is doing, don't be afraid to look them up and show your mental health some love. And we know now we don't. He, we know now that he didn't get a sex talk, ladies and gentlemen. That's one of our questions we like to ask. He did not get a sex talk. But let's talk. Talk to me about fatherhood, though. Talk to me about the moments where you love your kid. I don't really like you right now. Talk to me about having patience as a father. I'm gonna keep it. I'm gonna keep it real with you. My daughter ain't never gave me this. She recently gave me one of those moments. But that was the first <laughs> one she ever gave me in my life. And she kind of already fixed that. So I happen to be blessed with a child that really don't give me that. You know what I'm saying? Now, I've worked with children, and I've I've seen how people who have to deal with that. But a lot of us, you know, we we have a, we have our children on a, a, a some type of um, automation. School, iPad, and it's no real interaction, especially if we're prominent. We feel like we can pay for everything. And a lot of times we try to just compensate for what we, we didn't have. And we just try to bring our ideology. We don't really just talk to our children and just just have like those daily drill sessions. So what's up? What you think about? How you feel about this? How you feel about this young man? When you see his little boy, how you feel? You feel some type of way? Does he make you feel? Like I talk to my daughter raw. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> yeah. talk to me. Yeah. You know, I see your body developing. How you feel about that? You feel some type of way you, when he, this little boy talk to you like that? You think he cute? You think he handsome? You can see yourself going out. Daddy, yeah, what's up? You know? Yeah. But a lot of people don't do that, you know. I, and I see a lot of men. It hurts my heart because we got this Al Bundy syndrome. With a lot of men out here, you know, they feel like they work, they provide, and that's it. And that's not it, you know. Like I remember, and I don't mean a name drop, but I remember um, a brother did a review on my vi a viral video, and he said, you know, when women, when the culture of women is twerking, uh crystals and astrology you can't cope with that blah, 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 as if it's something wrong with astrology it's like in your and your and your and your and your way of trying to besmirch the women which they do be on some stuff you still sound ignorant because whatever a woman is on you should be on it so you can know if she's really about it or you can filter you you, you can give her a higher understanding of it so it shouldn't be something that's weird. I think a lot of men are very, very frigid, rigid in their thinking, and they don't think that they have to interact with their children outside of just provision. We should be intellectual as well. We should study different things as well. And I, and I feel like a lot of guys, a lot of men, they feel like, well, I don't, I don't know what to talk to my son about. Or, I, I ain't want to talk about sex. Or, I don't know. That ain't for me. It's like, what are you talking about? It just sounds weird as hell when I hear men talk like that. It's like, yo, you really just think you just a, a, a walking socket wrench, bro? Like, come on, man. <laughs> like, your ancestors, the men, our ancestors are people that are spiritual leaders, they're inventors, they're uh, healers, and they're teachers. So if you think you're just a provider, you way more than that. You And, and then a provider means you're providing more than just finding. You're providing a, a train of thought. You're providing wisdom. You know what I'm saying? And that comes from you having a curiosity about yourself. As a man, you should always be curious. You should, your curiosity should never stop. But even as a father, if you cannot give the guidance you need, you need to funnel it over to a man you know has it. The research should be done by the father and the execution and the learning should be done by the child. If you don't have that knowledge and information as a father to say, hey, I can't talk to my child about sex, 
go find a man who can do it. If it's a boy or it's a girl, find a woman, vice versa, or talk to your counterpart if you're married. It, it, it's so, so many levels that you can actually apply a very hard learning experience for you. And let me ask you this. What was today? What was yesterday's failure that gave you today's lesson? Overreacting. Mm. Um, being so caught up in my view that I didn't let things play out and see that, you know what? I don't got all the answers. You know what I'm saying? This, this person, even though we may not have disagreed in the past, you got to give people a chance. You know what I'm saying? And you, you, you made it, you made obligation to give them a chance and you still was impatient. So that's, that's the lesson I learned. Absolutely. Patience. We're going to get ready to get out of here in just a few minutes. I'm not going to hold you up too much longer. No doubt, bro. Should there be a basic training program amongst men, an educational skill traits given in our community? Now I'm talking about outside the church, outside the school system, outside of the library, where we actually in the home teaching our kids financial literacy, communication, how to change a tire, gardening, generational wealth, stocks, real estate, elderly speaking with intent to our kids. Will we ever have anything in our neighborhoods that way where I'm going to Illa's house to learn some more vocabulary, learn how to write things and put together and speak in a poetic way. I'm going over to Sheem's house to talk about journalism. I'm going over to Cliff's house to learn how to build a house. These these gentlemen and men and women live in our place, live in our residence where we can come out and step into the world ready instead of stepping into other people's facilities and relying on the educations and the dockets they have for us to have the same manufactured thinking process. Definitely. Uh, I, I totally agree. You know, that's why, you know, like they said, it takes a village. And for it to take a village, that means the village has to be some type of cohesiveness. And I feel like our community is so, it's so many different. Everybody wants to be right. And everybody wants to tell, people don't want to stand in lane. You know, if you're good at being a mechanic, let somebody else tell me about money. If you financially literate, let somebody else teach me about history. It seems like the problem with today is with social media, we get so much attention for talking about one thing that we feel like, you know what, I'm gonna give advice on this. I'm gonna give advice on that. They, we just think because we have a following that people just supposed to follow us everywhere. Stick to what people, stick to what you know. It's okay to not know everything. We need to form Voltron. I just feel like people just, everybody wants to be the main. Everybody wants to be the one. And it creates this cycle of Messiah complex. Instead of having a community and being a body of Christ, we're waiting for that one person, not realizing it's all of us. So I feel like it just, we have to individually raise our, our mental acumen so the next level can be easily accessed. Because there's so many, everybody has so many different trains of thoughts and so many different ways and so many opposing views that it's hard to trust each other because everybody's on their own boat but in a perfect in the ideal way and i feel like hopefully it'll happen i totally agree you know we need we need our, our rights of passions to change you know what i mean yeah, because man. right now these young boys are going to the streets and they're attracted to the gangs and that's the they thing. need to change the right of passions because i feel is, like wherever the children the are that's where they are yeah that's the right you know of what i mean so right if they already in the gangs then we need to talk to the gangs because that's where they at so the gangs, the, 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 there's a lot of men, They we, a lot of black people, you know, I realize sometimes they want to protest and go to the police or go to, you know, downtown. If we really was about that life, we would mob up and go to the hood, mob up and go to these sets and say, hey, let's talk to the big homies. Hey, can we change the right of passions or what, what it takes to be 
of this or what it takes to be of that? Can the rights of passage change? Because they're already there. You know what I mean? They are they already in these organizations. So can we change the ideology? And if we can't, then that leads to another conversation. Because we gotta get to we gotta get to some type of conclusion. You know what I mean? We know where the issues are at. We know where they're at. We just gotta deal with them. One of the things I always say is the one thing our people is afraid of more than anything else is each other. I think the biggest thing I heard is how we patronize. How we patronize. One thing Charleston White said that was very unique to me. He said, when a man loads up a gun in the hood, he, he's thinking about black faces that he's gonna shoot. He's not thinking about nobody else. And that is a, I'm not, you shouldn't be thinking about anybody loading up a gun, first of all. But you just thinking about one race of people that you wanna kill as your own, it's really, really alarming. And I think to add on to what you're saying, if we march down there and we watch, march down to the sets, at the end of the day, to me, it's all about money, right? That's why people get into these situations. That's why we sell drugs to each other, because you want you wanted to come up and you wanted to make a better situation. If those people were applied generals in our community and our people who actually had the nine to fives, the civilians, we start patronizing and funneling our money to build our own governments within these gangs. And therefore, now we're not no longer being a detriment to each other, but actually a wealth of access of a circle of money pulling each other to be stronger. That can really be something different too. Now we have yeah. these people who are motivated to move these things, put in their detailed information on how to better the community instead of just how to get what they can get. Because there's no get what they can get now. Because now when you take from me, you take it from your brother and sister. Well, I'm not gonna do that. I'm gonna find another way to take from the world. We're gonna form together. And that's what other, other most communities do. They form together, they take from the world and bring it back to their, their resources. But we have to understand there's a war for us not to do it. And we went from assassinations in the 60s to drugs in the 70s and 80s to single parent homes to BBLs now. And then we got technology coming right in, desensitizing us on our sexuality and what we Definitely. recognize as our pronouns and nouns as people. So I believe privacy has been put to the forefront to say privacy is not a real thing anymore. Privacy is something you demand in public. And it's out of order. There's an order to things, ladies and gentlemen, and I'm not for or against anything. I'm just saying there is an order to all structures on how we run this life. Some bullet questions real quick, when they're gonna let you out of here. No doubt, bro. I wanna poll you. I wanna know the top three things you want in a woman. Top three things. And I wanna hear what you have to say because there's always a portion of it, of the three that I would love to hear men say about what they want in a woman. Top three things. Top three is patience. Grace. And decorum. Ooh, decorum is nice. I haven't heard decorum before. I've always I always got urged men to have intelligence or communication in them. Because for me, when it comes to, I used to say that, but what I realized is, it's going to make. Hopefully, don't you know? I don't want to offend nobody. But no, let's get to it. Let's get to it. This is just how we solve these. Add to me. I, I want feel to like this. when men make a mistake is that they, they do, they want intelligence. When they say they want intelligence, they looking for a woman to think like them. You're not going to find. Them. <laughs> I've met women that that have a lot of. They, most women that you will find like that that notice know that 
I hate to say it, they don't really know how to handle the information correctly. Like, for example, I've met women who got into, you know, understanding, you know, their higher self and they get into the crystals, they get into the, not all of them, <laughs> but a few, a, a, a majority, a nice amount. And they get into this information, they get a, they get knowledge itself and it raised, and they think that because of what they know, they are a man now. So it's like they, 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 they use this information to, to summon vain desires, which undermines the whole point of learning this information. So it's like when God say, I need an intelligent woman, I need her to be emotionally intelligent. I was, she ain't gotta know. I was just about to say that. It's, she don't it's have to all know. these levels of intelligence. She ain't got to know everything I know. Mm-hmm. She ain't got to be the deepest. She got to be sweet. She got to know when to, when to, when to, when to give me that feminine. Because the power of a woman is this. We so, we so caught up in, even us as men is caught up in feminine thinking. The power of a woman is so strong that her, she can change her, the mood without even opening her mouth. Not saying she should shut up. Not saying she should be in this, you know, some mute that you control. But she has a certain power that don't even require her to talk. So how, <laughs> what, how, how witty she sounds and how much she can dazzle me with her words, it sounds good. But long term, you're just going to end up talking to another man. And they're going to be trying to have mental jobs with you all day. But that woman who know how to be quiet sometimes and just be sweet to you and just give you, just put something in, in your mouth that you ain't even know you needed and just go walk away, you're going to look at her like she's superwoman. That's what you need. So it don't be all the super tricks and uh, she know this. We can learn later. You know how to you know how to be my peace. Like a lot of guys be looking for they brothers in these go. girls. And, you better, and it's, I need a smart woman. Yeah, she needs to be... A, their intelligence ain't gonna be yours. Even when they read stuff, they see it differently. So they gonna read some books, but it's not gonna be, they not gonna get what you got from them. You need her to be tapped into her womanhood all day, every day. Absolutely agree with you. I know there's different forms of intelligence. So when I say intelligence, I go for the what range of intelligence that that person is looking for. I don't wanna put it down to just one stroke, but you're absolutely right about that. And we can say your absolute fact will come from when Jada looked at Will, she didn't say anything to him. She didn't say anything to him. But he knew exactly what she said to him. Whether you agree with it or not, it was communication in that dialect. As a husband, now you cannot get this wrong. It's, it's curtailed to you, but you have to pick one and explain why. So I'm going to put you in the husband chair. As a husband, would you rather have a great woman or a great wife? great woman explain because a wife is a title that comes with a certain societal image it comes with the the pageantry it comes with the you know but a woman is going to be yours whether you got a ring on her finger or not she your woman your wife is means my submission to you is based on us in this corporate union that's how far my submission to you goes that's how far my allegiance to you goes i can only submit to you under these circumstances. Your woman is your woman, whether you with her, whether you dibble and dabble, she yours, cause she just messed with you. She love your dirty drugs. I'd rather have a woman. <laughs> Not a woman could turn into my wife quicker than my wife could turn into my woman. That <laughs> Not the dirty drugs. <laughs> if they were giving out awards, would you rather have father of the year or man of the year? Father of the year. 
Explain. Because I don't care what the world thinks of me. As long as my daughter loves me, I'm good. Absolutely. I hear that. Now, I came up with something called operating at 100%. And what I mean by that is I took five categories, all operating at 20% each. That's purpose, health, confidence, money, and knowledge. Again, that's purpose, health, confidence, money, and knowledge. And I gave them all 20%. Now, you can add them up daily or you can do them weekly, but you give yourself a percentage to know how you're working towards your goals and the things you're achieving. So 20% purpose means you're moving in your purpose, doing the things and the gifts inside of you. Health means you're eating right, praying, taking care of yourself. If you pray, if you meditate and those things. Confidence means you're doing without any fear. Money means you're making money, saving money, spending money towards investments and knowledge as you took in some new information. So Illa, Illosophical, Mr. Eric, I ask you, within the last 24 hours, how much of 100% have you been operating out of? That's purpose, health, confidence, money, and knowledge. I would say a smooth 79%. <laughs> Ooh, where are we missing this 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 uh 21% from, sir? The 21% is just just managing, just getting everything all on the same page. You know, just crossing my dotting dotting my I's, crossing my T's. You know what I'm saying? Doing things that I probably should have addressed. Just just opening my options, you know, like everything happens so fast. It's, it's forcing me to reassess things and readjust my life. You know what I'm saying? So I will say I'm at 79, 80 right now. Maybe because I'm putting more emphasis on one thing and it's making me, because I'm so focused on one thing, it's shortening me in, in other places. I definitely could be eating a lot better right now. Like I, I don't eat crazy, but I, I've been lacking on my fruits lately. I'm big on eating fruit. So I just been ripping and running so much. So it's like, I'm over I'm overcompensating in one area and it's like causing me to lack in the other. So it's all about just time management, time and money management right now. You know, the one thing we was that I was sold, I don't know for everyone else, I was sold that I have to go into the next day not knowing what I'm gonna eat the next day. I still I'm gonna make a choice. You success should be on purpose, what you eat should be on purpose. Everything you should know what you're eating the next day. You should know what you're gonna eat and what you're gonna do that's successful the next day, God willing that you wake up. You should already know what you're doing on Tuesday if it's Sunday. You should already know. But most of us live our lives every day. We get up out of bed and say, what am I going to do today? If you want to be great, you should already know. And this way, it gives you the tunnel vision so no one else could knock you off that track. Or you know they're not supposed to be in your equation at this time inside of your bracket for you to get the right formula, to get the right numbers, to add things to add up. Now, before we go, Illa, is there anything you want to say, any positive note you want to give, shout out your Instagram or your Facebook or whatever you got, we'd like to hear from you. Well, you know, everybody, you know, follow me on TikTok, on YouTube, on Instagram, at Illosophical. No more content coming. You know what I mean? Just stay in tune with me. Um, I appreciate all the support, all the uh, encouraging messages I've been getting. I just want to tell people, you know, if you could take anything from me, just realizing that the best gift you have is being yourself. You know, a lot of people get a lot of notoriety for doing outlandish things, doing uh, just silly stuff. And by the grace of the most high, I was able to get notoriety for just being who I am every day. And basically the simplest things that we might take for granted is, you know, communication, you know, having a, a diverse vernacular, just, just certain life skills you should have as a man to be able to articulate yourself whether people agree with you or not is not it's really irrelevant as long as you can present and convey your argument keep your mind open to things you never know when that'll open the door for you just just 
communicate, just know how to communicate, know how to speak with with with, with authority and, and and stand for something, and not not be afraid to be objective. Don't be afraid to, you know, rub people the wrong way because you're being honest. As long as you're respectful, as long as you're not talking to people crazy, um, things just being just being an enlightened person to open a lot a lot of doors for you. You don't have to sell yourself. You don't have to disrespect yourself for people to notice who you are. And um, I just want to tell that to the young brothers, you know, just be yourself and master yourself. Absolutely. Never sleep on your mind. That's the best. That's the best gift you have. Never sleep on your mind. I love that. Off the top of your head, quick, fast, three books that you think we should check out. Three books. I would say, uh, the Moors in Spain, my Stanley Lane pool. Um, The Manipulated Man by Esther Villar. <laughs> I like that. And um, let me give you a third one. And I'm going to go real left with this one. Do it. The Secret Language of Birthdays by, because the author's right here, by Gary Goldschneider and Juice Elfers, do you want me to show you all the books? I yeah, you can show one. you can show the book, man. We okay, I got it. two of them. This is <laughs> one. You, oh, this one, you guys. I got a few, man. I can give y'all a few. Get this book. It's a must-have. It's a must-have. Secret language of birthdays. And what's the second one I sent? Oh yeah, I'll, I'll have the digital minip- copies of the other two. The but mis- the, mis- the Moors in Spain by Stanley Lane Poole uh-huh. and The Manipulated Man by Esther Villar. You know. But I got a lot I can give y'all, man. I, have, I, you, have you read the autobiography of Christopher Columbus? No, you can add two more if you want. Have you read the autobiography of Christopher Columbus? I haven't, but I've read this one. Uh, well, I'm still reading it, but this is a good one. It's called The Dolls of God. Yeah, okay. Uh, about Columbus, the Inquisition, and Defeat of the Moors. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to throw a curveball out there for you, too. Dog Star Hip Hop by the homie A.A. Rashid. This is ill. Get this right here. I'm gonna check that out. It must have. And I'm gonna throw one more in there. One more, one more. Healed Ourself, Man Healed Ourself by Supernova Slum and Queen of Four. So yeah, that's all I got. Hey, we, hey, you listening, go check those books out. Make sure you check them out. If they have audio books, it's what you do. Go check them out. Thank you, sir. You are now part of the Silhouette Boys Club. It is people like you who move in the shadows to help people like me shine. Thank you very much. For those listening, you. you can reach me at solutionsformen at gmail.com to be a guest on the show. It's Sheen One on all platforms. Let's let's talk, man. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, how you want to talk. Reach out to me. Let's have this conversation. Before we go, we end with a quote from Dr. Miles Monroe. True success is not measured by how much you have done or accomplished. It's not compared to what others have done or accomplished. True success is what you have done compared to what you could have done. In other words, living to the maximum is competing with yourself. It's living up to your own true standards and capabilities. Success is satisfying your own personal passion and purpose in pursuit of personal excellence. So question of the day, question of your life, are you maximizing your life? Ladies and gentlemen, this has been So Lucious for Men. We'd like to thank Illosophical for coming on today. Peace, Peace. and blessings. Cause I'm out the ordinary, 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 out the ordinary.